0: Neither of us had any idea Wallace was listening when Abuela Paladin and I had that conversation on our road trip to Seattle. We were discussing the nature of magical thinkers to fall into certain belief patterns. It had started with an examination of confirmation bias. Since both of us had far more experience with encountering people who had opted to believe along with others rather than think for themselves, we had plenty to lament about, especially regarding those who succumb to their fear of the dark rather than let themselves wander in it until learning what every one of us needs to learn from the darkness. It made for a lot of loneliness for both of us, since these same people were the ones most likely to listen to and accept our own stories about life on the psychic spectrum. But rather than being met with the invariable cookie-cutter responses from them about books we should read, workshops we should attend, or seminars we needed to pay for so we could sit through lectures on the dogma of New Age thinking, We opted to simply go it alone and figure it all out by ourselves. Both Abuela and I agreed that in the case of someone on the psychic spectrum, misinformation based on a one-size-fits-all paradigm can be worse than no information at all. We especially didn't like the notion that people like us needed to keep ourselves separate from the rest of the human community. It seemed to us that this belief did little more than isolate us, rather than help us learn how to manage the incoming energies we may be sensitive to. Not much different, really, than the religious order telling us to turn away from the devil, rather than face dark energy and learn what we need to about it in order to effectively manage its influence. All that's accomplished is strengthening its control over us collectively. And it's conditioned us to treat ourselves like hothouse flowers that might wilt when exposed to energies we're perfectly suited to deal with when functioning at full power, which both of us strongly suspect is the whole point of evangelicals denouncing people like us as demonically possessed, with all the authority their egos can muster. Yawn! What neither Abuela nor I knew was our resident poet was paying close attention to our conversation while madly scribbling the poem that we just learned won the Poetry Slam competition in seattle 1111 manifesto was the call to arms none of us knew was needed until wallace whitman took the stage that day and delivered it with precision to an audience that was ready for its message her winnings include a scholarship and an invitation to give a poetry reading at the white house Did the exciting news about Wallace bury Simone's bitterness over my invasion of her privacy by snooping in her journal? What do you think? How do you tell someone you've violated the sovereignty of their private thoughts because you wanted to protect the sovereignty of their private thoughts? Turns out I didn't have to confess a thing to her because by the time I found her sobbing at the desk in the study, the issue was moot. Someone had gotten there before me. When she booted up her laptop to check the day's trail of breadcrumbs, the first thing she noticed was the folder containing her private journal was gone from her desktop. She checked every possible place she could think of, but could not find it anywhere. So she checked online to see if she had it backed up in the cloud. That's when she discovered her cloud storage had been emptied. (gasps) And from there, she learned one by one that all her social networking sites were gone. Gone also were the bookmarks to all the sites she'd been led to by her invisible friends. Gone was the daily fortune cookie and I Ching... Gone was the daily Ohm and all the other oracles of the Internet she'd relied on, as if they had never been there. The only site she still had open was her YouTube channel. Certain she would find some clue behind all of this, she went to check her email. It, too, was gone. Or more precisely, her password no longer worked for it. She went back to her desktop to check the file with all of her login information for all of her various accounts, thinking she must be getting her passwords wrong. That's when she found the folder with her journal had returned to her desktop. But when she opened it, it was empty. All of her entries had been erased. The file is there, she whimpered between sobs. But it's empty, almost like it was erased manually. It gave me the perfect segue without tipping my hand about snooping on her. Wait! You've been keeping a personal journal on a laptop that's connected to the Internet? Because of the room's Faraday screening, the Wi-Fi is useless to us in the study. We had to run an Ethernet cable from the router to Simone's laptop to have access to the Internet. It's like having a constant connection to the Internet open and begging for someone to have fun with a little harmless monitor cloning. Everything she was describing was exactly the kind of thing someone could do with that kind of connection if they had the backdoor key. And it was just the opening I needed to pivot the conversation from how vulnerable an open connection is to how it can be used to flip the script on the opposition. It was made easier by the fact that Simone's laptop is an old refurbished unit that has no camera or microphone built in. Discussing what the Paladins and I had concluded was far less risky without that open connection amplifying what was said for the benefit of anyone snooping. Nevertheless, out of an abundance of caution, I had her unplug the cable from it before filling her in on the plan the paladins and I had come up with. Everything hinges on emotional complexity, I told her. The more people on the psychic spectrum we can attract with controversy, the better. Just look at Fox News. In the 21st century, controversy sells as effectively as sex did in the 20th century, when thought leaders sold out to capitalism and went into advertising. The ones who don't fall for the bait we'll be putting out there are the ones who see through the ruse and figure out what we're doing with Wallace's poem. We're confident they'll find their own way to reach out to us under the radar. The others will contact us with righteous indignation to defend the industry that's built up around the concept of exploiting the natural resources of our psychic landscape, because some resources are just too tempting to not colonize. And it's those individuals our plan hinges on. They're the ones most vulnerable to exploitation by the opposition. The others? The odds are great that they've already intuited their need to protect themselves. By recording the poem and posting it on Simone's YouTube channel, we'll be hiding the bait in plain sight. Simone won't need the other social networking sites she lost. Viewers who hear the poem can contact her through her channel. The opposition will see everything she does without a clue that it's all being orchestrated. That's some real spiderweb shit, she said when I finished laying out the plan. I'm just not clear on exactly what we'll be doing with the flies once we catch them in our web. More like aphids, I said. Aphids whose wings we won't be pulling off the way the opposition enjoys doing. We'll be identifying those who need to be tutored in protecting themselves with practical magic. And by magic, I mean the combination of hardware and software to effectively manage interference. The last thing anyone needs is the opposition coming in with its electronic hedge clippers and shaping their psychic landscape to look like the devil. And how exactly do you plan to do that without the opposition catching on, she said. And that's where both Marina and the increasingly sober forest gave us the idea for the perfect weapon. It hadn't escaped my attention that while we can block the electromagnetic frequencies the opposition relies on, there's no getting away from the effects of Marina's clairvoyance. And the longer Forrest goes without alcohol in his system, the more powerful his is becoming, powerful enough to veer into territory more commonly referred to as telepathy. "'You remember when I said we're confident there are those on the psychic spectrum "'who will reach out to us under the radar?' I said to Simone. "'We had all met aboard the Abuela Express to nail down the details of the plan. "'Let me guess,' Forrest said. "'You're banking on telepaths to step up and represent in a volunteer army.'" I don't know why he surprised us all with that. You'd think we'd have gotten used to it by now, but something tells me there will be more and more about the young psychic's wireless connection we're going to have to get used to. I just nodded as Abuela gave me a knowing look. We're going to tutor the novices in methods for layering their thoughts with emotional complexity like the monster in Marina's dream that Simone and I encountered in the nursery, we'll confuse the hell out of the opposition. Meditation is vital to the plan because it teaches us how to use this great, big, biological operating system knocking around in our skulls. Borrowing from what Abuela had taught Forrest about managing intrusive negative thoughts By continually repeating a healthy mantra to himself, we would encourage our contactees to begin there. With so many moving parts to the plan, we knew we had to be organized and focused and ever vigilant for the pushback we could end up getting from the opposition if they begin to suspect what we're up to. That's when Stephen gave us an idea for how to make sure that didn't happen. Wallace caught up with Stephen as he was wrestling his bags of groceries from the Mustang. I knew when she disappeared up the stairs to his apartment that she'd be returning with good news. It took very little persuading for Stephen to see the benefits of focusing on the effect poetry can have on public thought in his poetry class at the university. Since all of his lectures appear online, it shouldn't seem out of the ordinary at all to prying eyes, and it will open up the topic for Wallace to focus on in her statistics class without raising any suspicion. He knows nothing about our ruse, she said, only that I'm looking to boost my grade point average by taking an AP class in statistics and need a topic for my lab that will earn me a solid A. After all, now that she's won a scholarship, she has to do what he's been telling her all along start taking her academic career more seriously. And what better way than running a statistical analysis on the people who respond to the YouTube video of her poem? He sees it as a win-win, she said. Boost my GPA while also boosting interest in the poem that won the poetry slam. Forrest was the one dissenter in the room. He didn't get what the title of the poem meant. Throwing 1111 into the title is a dog whistle for the demographic who sees that number as having a special meaning, Wallace replied. Where they see synchronicity, the psychiatric community might see apophenia. Apophenia, he replied. False pattern recognition, she said. It's a common occurrence in the New Age community, and since they're the ones more likely to be targeted and used by the opposition and their capitalist supporters, 11 11 Manifesto seemed like the perfect title. We all nodded in agreement. All that was left now was to record it and put it out there. And since hiding in plain sight, was the central theme of our plan, we decided to record it in the study using the microphone Simone plugs into her laptop when she's narrating her paranormal videos. The opposition will hear everything that goes on without a clue about what we're up to. <laughs> As House of Fantods reaches the midway point in its second season, we'd like to thank our subscribers and Patreon donors for showing their love. If you're interested in hearing the poem that Wallace won the slam with, it's available as a bonus episode subscribers can access with a small contribution. Even a little bit helps more than you know to offset the costs of bringing you House of Phantots.